Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, flow, freedom, agorism, anarchy, and more. Our mission is to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. I'm your host, Mike the Polymath Whistler, coming from the Easy Peasy Shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 47 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. I had a couple good friends in the in the studio today. Newer friends, but you know, I'd say good friends nonetheless. Cambo and Smalls. Now, we talked about a whole slew of different things. We talked about camping and hiking and long distance backpacking. We talked about guns. We talked about relationships. We talked about girls. We you know, we talked about whatever we felt like. And we had a few brews while we were at it. So you know this this episode's a little more laid back little more relaxed and not quite as serious as most but I think it's a good episode I think it was a good chat you know we had we had a lot of fun we had tremors playing in the background and enjoyed enjoyed a good a good bro down you know a good sausage fest as we once called it. Uh, much of what we say here is not not politically correct, but none of it should be all that offensive, in my opinion. You know, it's all all three of these fellas, myself included, are not. We're not interested in hurting anybody's feelings. We're only trying to make each other laugh and maybe talk about a few, a few real topics. So, with that, let's uh, let's dive right in. Good old Reba McIntyre. Hello, Doc. Yeah, you know Doc. Well, welcome to the shop, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Right over yonder from my place too, so I mean like I said it took you less than a fucking cigarette to get here. I lit this like as you were on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) But 
But yeah, I went ahead and hit record, so like, we could just fucking, whatever. I have no fucking plan for this shit. I just figured we'd chill and drink beer and hey, that's hang out. Fine by me. Cambo and I already got chatting. I was tempted to hit the record button, but we figured we'd Y'all, y'all should have. Y'all should nah, have I mean, we figured, we, we figured we'd wait for you, you know? <laughs> we just hung out and watched, you know, Tremors, so. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, dude. I was telling him, it's like, my, my aunt gave me these movies for Christmas one year when I was like probably 13 or something didn't watch them till i was like 17 or 18 some buddies were over and one of them was like dude we got to watch this fucking movie and uh and we threw it on and like it dude cracked our asses up like the whole way through it's it's a it's a i think it's what they call like a hidden gem you know what i mean cult cult classic yeah 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 do you remember have you seen all of these smells yes isn't one like number four or something where they're, they're ass blasters? They they fart. Something fire. like that. Yeah, the first the first one is the best one. The second one, it's all right. But after that, I just you're kind of just going downhill. We were saying one like came out just a couple years ago or whatever, and it's just the one guy. Um, I think his character is called I think it's Bert or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, the one with all the guns. He's the only one that's no, like. No, that's Bert. Or no. No, no, no. no, no. So yeah. Val and something. Can't remember him. No, you're right. Yeah. But anyways, is like he's he's like not a main character in the first one, but now he's the only yes. character. Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah, let me get you a beer, dude. Oh, um, I've got I've got some Quaff on uh, Blood Orange or Miller Lite. I'll I, take a Miller Lite. All right, bro. Right, baby. Cool. Yeah. So you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm. I just want to get home. So I wound up stopping by Catherine's. Oh, you dog! <laughs> and like, dude, she was. Were, were, were they? Uh, Everyone was fucked. Everyone was still there. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, they were still there. How late did y'all stay at the bar last night? Appreciate it. We're out by, uh, geez, 11, 11.30? 11? Yeah. I don't Man, and then you went, after that you went over there? You're an animal, dude. Yeah, I didn't stay long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, nothing. She, no, no, she enjoyed that you stopped by them? Yeah. We got a we got a girl. Yeah, I wish, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that wanted to see him, and so he went over like a gentleman. Yeah. Ah, had a boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, just for the uh, a late night booty call. It was just a late night. She needed someone to talk to. Oh uh, well, hey, somebody's got to do it. That's you what know, this guy's good for. What yeah. a, what a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, man. I guess uh, you know all three of us are single. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta gotta wingman one another, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're all saying by choice, right? Yeah, by choice, right? of course, of course, of course. <laughs> None of us have time. No, right. no. Wait, you know, got important shit on our plates, right? Yeah. No. I, you know, honestly, dude, I get frustrated because I, I just don't seem to, like, jive with many people my own age. And it's funny because doing the tour guiding thing, I, I get, like, bachelorette parties and I get, like, the middle-aged lady, uh, like, you know, ladies getaway day or whatever. And the middle-aged women are hitting on me like nonstop. They're all married and they're fucking like just cougar like mode. They left their husbands, you know, back in the city, came out and took my tour and fucking, it's like, dude, I could probably, I could probably pull a lot of cougars if I tried, but I, you know, I'm like trying to find a, like a girlfriend. I don't want to be Mr. Cougar, you know, like it's, but it's, it's fucked up, man. It's like, I don't know a lot of, I think dating is just not, not as easy as it it's once not. was. No, I assume, I don't know what it was like 20, 30 years ago, but it's like, 
I assume the cell phone ruined it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, social media, the apps, all that definitely yeah. took away from the whole just one-on-one meeting people, you know, aspect of it. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's just that everyone wants that, uh, like in all things, we want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's been the downfall of the dating world. Well, it's like, can you really get to know somebody with the three-line, like, bio and a handful of pictures and, like, make a judgment on whether or not that's a person worthy of like spending your time with and like you know I've, I've like heard about studies about like how men swipe right like 75% of the time and, <laughs> and, and women swipe right like 10 or like 5% yeah, you know? I think yeah 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 and that's just like of course you know it doesn't surprise me <laughs> you know now I have are you, are you on any of those I am but I like dude I've never had the least bit of luck like I, heard I don't it. know I, I don't know if it's I don't know if I suck at messaging you know it's like I just know it's like what do I even fucking say to this person you know it's like I don't know some people got some good bullshit game on on texting it's like I gotta be face to face to crack a joke yes. you know it's like <laughs> I don't know just never seemed to work out yeah. I, I hear uh, women love uh, if you have a picture of a shirtless selfie or you're holding a fish seriously that's all it takes it's all it takes well you know what that's biology brother they they want to know that you can provide <laughs> I, need, I need to upload one of those well it's like yeah i always thought that was douchey to be like here's what i look like with my clothes off um here's me with a dead animal like but <laughs> i guess if it works it works you know yeah yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's probably a big difference between a dead deer and a dead fish, though. Yeah. Yeah, fish would definitely be more appealing to the woman. I mean, I don't know. There's some women that are just straight out, you know. I don't want to say country, but are just down and dirty and just would prefer that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the line I use on my uh, on my tour, I say, you know, my mom's starting to worry. You know, she's she's got three kids. Two of them already got married with kids. I'm the I'm the holdout, right? And I joke. She says, uh, "When are you gonna settle down and meet a nice girl?" And I say, "I don't, I don't like the nice girls." You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, dude, I, I've, uh, I, I've had an, you know, I've had the pleasure of fucking dating some really cool, you know, really cool women, um, but they're, they seem to be few and far between. <laughs> You know, yes. it's like a needle in a haystack kind of situation. Yeah. You're telling me, me being 5'2", you know, I can't be picky, but damn. Sometimes <laughs> it's just... Well, they don't call you Smalls for nothing, bro. How long have you gone by Smalls? I've, for the last 11 years, 11, 12 years, mm-hmm. I started about right when after elementary or at the end of it. Yeah, something like that, and... I just been going by it. like I'd write all my papers like if I could go on my taxes, I fucked up by doing that actually when my last job I put Smalls on there just out of habit. <laughs> Two months go by I'm like hey you know you're not paying your taxes because you have a a fraud name on there. I was like what? I'm like they brought it back. I had to pay back everything. I was like fuck. Motherfuckers, you almost got away with it. I that almost too. did. <laughs> they have a way of finding. Finding the mistake. Hey, that's some yeah. shit. Yeah. It's funny, actually, one year they discovered that they had made a mistake. Or no. Well, I can't remember if it was they made a mistake or I did, but it was actually I got money back. And I was like, well, you know, damn, like, that's kind of surprising. They'd give you money back. Even Don't say was, anything. Oh, well, hey, you know, I'm not complaining there, but it's, you know, I, I figure you can't just 
put a fake name and get away with it. No, no. not at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, who's to say what your name is except for you, brother? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, when we go back go back to the apps, when they know it, I have Smalls on there. I don't have my biological name. Yeah, And yeah. if a girl wants to know my biological name, she has to give me a round or two before I can actually tell her a... Uh, my name. <laughs> is that the deal? Yeah, I mean, that's for me at least it is. You got to maintain that air of mystery, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So, all right. How about we do like official introductions? Let's say Smalls. Why don't you tell us like how you make a living, uh, and what you what, like what you enjoy doing? We'll say. All right. Um... Yeah, you can wear the headphones if you want. If not, like, you sound good in my ear, so I, I keep it. Yeah, hey, go. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I'm Smalls. He's getting into it. How I make my living, I do insulation. It's shit work, but it pays the bills. Uh-huh. Um, that's the, for the next 35 years, I got to do that, you know, in order for I can retire at 57. Uh, whoopee. So are you union? Yes, local 18. Okay. Um... Yeah, anyone that's listening that's in the local 18, you've got my word out right now. <laughs> um, let's see. I enjoy drinking beer, hanging out. Um, I like going out, you know, camping, mm-hmm. uh, being out west pretty much. I like just that subtle life, you know, hunting, you know, living off the land. My man. If I could go do that, you know, because Indiana, you can't really do that unless you go down south like Spencer or anything like that. There's but. good deer hunting, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's different. Yeah, there's not a whole lot being in Indiana. Um, I say there's more than most people might realize. Yeah, yeah. There's more than corn and racing. And if you wanted to, man, you could get pretty hardcore as like a bow hunter or even with a rifle or shotgun and like get out into the the back of the Hoosier National where nobody else goes, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, uh, but. It's nothing compared to the space out no, west and yeah, hunting. Like no. I went on an elk hunt and that was the coolest shit I ever did. You know. See, I envy you because I've not been able to go on an elk hunt. I didn't have a tag to be clear. I was just there to haul meat. You know, it was like oh. I, I was just two legs and a strong back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they fed me, you know, good food and beer for five days on the mountain, and they sent me home with a cooler full of meat at the end. We shot three, uh, three animals while we were out there, and it was like. It was badass, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. But trying to get to that point, like, I heard Cambo said you got a camper uh, recently. Yeah. yeah. I just bought a brand new 2022 Jayco camper. My so man, my man. We're about to get it going this summer, so. Sweet. I've been thinking about starting to build out, you know, my, I'm thinking an in-the-bed camper for my F-250 where I can hang the the motorcycle off the back of it and take the take the dirt bike with me when I go out west and the only problem is it's not four wheel drive that truck that's a two wheel drive truck I've got my Toyota that's four wheel drive but frankly cruising at 85 miles an hour in that F250 feels a hell of a lot better than it does in the Toyota and man I, if I build out a camper and try to hang the motorcycle off the back of my little truck it ain't gonna go so good. I'll be squatting. I'll be, you know, it'll be like trying to just doing everything you can to keep it between the lines at highway speed. So I just know that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like a twelve-hour trip will wind up turning into like a two-day trip on that. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah. So no, a, a a trailer though is a good way to go. I'm I'm trying if I can to stay on four tires. 
That's kind of my idea. You know, beauty of that is if I wanted to with the F-250, I could tow my Toyota, right? So I could build that Toyota to be a rock crawler and haul the whole shebang out to fucking Utah and rock and roll, baby, you know? Hell yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of where my head's at. But I'm, I was listening to a guy recently just talking about the benefits of having like a, a serious mobile like setup in case you got to get out of wherever you're at, like either because work goes south and you got to pursue another opportunity or, I don't know, riots are popping off in your fucking neighborhood, shit like that, you know, who's to say? But like having that set up just ready to rock, like being able to hitch up and go, you know, it, there's benefits there. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. So where are your favorite places out west? Montana, Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yellowstone, you know, I mean, anywhere the Yellowstone is, I'm that's where I want to be. Cause I was just telling Cambo a while ago, I wanna. That's where my next big trip is gonna be with the camper, and mm. is to head out west and try to do a little bit of Yellowstone. But I gotta flirt and I gotta look where I can take the dog and where I can't take the dogs and whatnot. Yeah, in my experience, a lot of times if it's national park, you, you can't. can't. No. If it's national forest, you can. And the beauty of the national forest is like not as many people are in there. You no, know? I'm okay with that. Me too. You know, a lot of times, as beautiful as the national parks are, they are the cream of the crop, like as far as sightseeing and all that goes. But there's a lot of beautiful national forest where you're actually, in fact, looking over national parks. It's like where I lived in Utah, Capitol Reef. It was this hundred mile north to south. Uh, you know, huge, you know, long park, but very, very slender in certain areas, you know, wider in others. But you could get into the National Forest up on the mountain above Capitol Reef and look down, and that was the best view in the whole damn county, you know. And most people, you know, that would go through there, they'd, they'd basically drive to the trailhead in the center of the National Park. They'd hike one little canyon. They'd never get that full view of the whole the whole territory, you know, and it's like, that's, yeah. you know, if you know where you're looking to go, there's some badass national forest mm-hmm. land with very few regulations. You can camp for two weeks. As long as you're so far off the road, you can camp about anywhere kind of shit and tons of options. As long as you can, you know, dry camp, as they say, as long as you don't have to be tethered to a campground. Like boondocking it. Boondocking it for a week or two, you know, if you can stretch out your water and, and, uh, yeah, you can usually take as many shits as you need. It's just a matter of how long your fresh water lasts, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, but that's cool, man. So I know you have a pretty small truck. You're towing that 21-footer behind your, uh, what is that, a Ford Lightning or whatever? Uh, 2006 Chevy Colorado. It's a Colorado, but it's got, okay. The extreme. Extreme. The extreme it's yeah. not a Ford Lightning, it's, but it's kind of almost the equivalent, right? Yeah, it's a cool little truck, but does that, does that tow pretty well or yeah so the truck the capacity on that is uh four thousand uh towing wise and the camper weighs three thousand so hey you can throw a couple fat chicks in the back and you're still all right hey, i'm all right with that you know, i'll go somewhere and pick up some two-legged tunas out there <laughs> all right well how about wait before we, we, we introduce myself let's, yeah uh, we gotta have smalls uh Elaborate on his fish scale, so so the so the listeners on his what now? His fish scale. He he just said two legged tuna, so we gotta 
paint the picture. For yeah, I guess I, 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 you know, I laughed my ass off to that, but I'd never heard that phrase before. What exactly do you mean? All right, so <laughs> not all these are my original ideas. There's one year I was with a buddy, Jacob. He was up from Kentucky, and he was up, and we was around. You know, we were young, and we were drinking and whatnot, and we was just we seen these ugly chicks, our, his neighbors, and we saw them go by and all this and that. And so he started naming off names. I started going off like, it's like fish. I'm like, cause you get that fishy smell. Like, so <laughs> the, the cream of the, the cream of the crop for like a your nines or your tens. Well, uh-huh. some people call dime pieces. Uh-huh. I call them marlins. Marlins, right on. And then like your seven and eights are snappers. Okay. <laughs> your six, you know, are mahi. You don't see too much mahi, but mahi's good eating though. And so. <laughs> And then you're five and below, or two-legged tunas, because you know if you're if you're that desperate, you'll go for it. But a lot of people don't like tuna, like per- professionally me. If it's a woman, she's got two legs, two-legged tuna. And if you like bigger woman, you're a flounder pounder. We do apologize to your listeners. You know what, man? I don't eat. I just don't even care. You know, like. People need to quit being so easily offended. I, I, I find that shit hilarious. And me being you know? 5'2", it goes back to where I can't be picky, so I'll go for a two-legged tuner. I will be a flounder pounder. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not picky, brother. No. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we needed to skip on, skip on that information. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, Cambo. You got you know, you to backpedal every now and again, tease out the details. Yeah. So tell us who you are then, Cambo. I'm Cambo. Uh, <laughs> enough said obviously yeah I, i'm a guy a few words but i will do my best to uh help entertain your listeners uh i've been in indy here for uh, seven years born and raised in uh, southern mississippi mm-hmm. moved around my whole life uh, like i said this is home now uh like i said i love to love to hike those who know me i'm a big hiker camper uh, obviously love beer that's how we met mm-hmm. uh how long has it been now we meet in late spring I don't know, man. It could be pushing a year at this point because I've been going to Metazoa for a while. So, yeah, in the you know. spring a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think. That's, I mean, that's where all of us met, right? Unless I met you some other way. I met you, I think, a couple months before you started this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been listening since the start, so it's been a minute. And you're an avid hiker. Uh, yeah, I've hiked a few miles. Yeah, I'd say more than that. <laughs> I've hiked a few. Well, I'd say the style of hiking you seem to do, it's different than what I had really even ever heard of, frankly. And being in Indianapolis is a pretty good place to do it because we are the crossroads of America. So why don't you tell us maybe like some details about your last couple of hikes so people can get an idea of how you like to do things, you know? All right. Well, um, I'll, I'll step back. Um, my first basically real introduction in hiking was actually just, I just went for it all, did the Appalachian Trail. Out of the um, gate. just Out of the gate. I, you know, I'd grown up liking the outdoors and like, you know, overnight camping in the backyard or in the woods or something, but never anything legit, what I call legit. Um, got into it years ago when these guys, they were from England, and they were doing a, there's a long trail that goes across the, the U.S. called the American Discovery Trail. It's about, it takes something close to a year to do it. Um, at the time, we lived in uh, Santa Claus, Indiana. <laughs> you live down there? I live down there. All right, we're uh, like right, right, right where Holiday World is, yeah? I used to, to, to push... Uh, Flounder pounders down the down the slide. Absolutely. Oh shit! So these uh, these two men were, were passing through the town, and they they were staying at a hotel in town there. And my mom happened to be uh, dropping by to pick up dinner at a at a little hotel restaurant. 
met these guys and uh, she invited them back uh, to our, we lived in a little farm with alpacas and we had alpacas, birds, dogs, and she wanted, she, she asked them, hey, have you ever seen alpacas? They said no. They came over and she walks in with these two random dudes and pretty rough smell. And they, and they just started sharing their story and said they were doing this. Anyways, I started following their story for the pretty much over the better part of the next year. Um, just really loved the idea of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, flash forward, uh, you know, I went to college uh, several years after that, you know, joined the rat race. And then um, finally got to when I was about 26, I think it was, um, set off the Appalachian Trail, uh, which runs from Georgia to Maine. The year I did it was... Uh, just under 2200 miles um yeah took me just under five months to do it um since then i've i've returned to the at did the first quarter of it 500 miles i did another one in the south it runs it runs from nashville tennessee to natchez mississippi it's called the natchez trace just a long road walk and most recently the ones i think you're referring to um i uh twice this year back in september and here about two weeks ago, I actually finished my latest one. I hiked across Indiana from the first one from South Bend to Evansville, and then again from South Bend to Louisville. And those took about two weeks each, mm-hmm. a couple hundred miles a pop. Just little, just little strolls, <laughs> I call those. And yeah. you, you go like the ultralight route. Oh, I wish. I can't afford ultralight. Well, but don't you, 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 you don't carry a lot of gear, right? The, the essentials, yeah. And you eat a lot of uh, McDonald's, is that right? If it's there, I, I, I never pass one up. So you're basically like hiking on the shoulder of the highway most of the time. For, for the, yes, for these Indiana hikes, it was just roadwalks. Yeah, um, and from what I read, you were doing a hiker's log. Um, and from what I read, it sounds like you're eating McDonald's like two, three times a day on average, you know? And, uh, absolutely. And, you, and still losing weight. And still losing weight, and it sounds like you were eating probably 8,000 calories of food. I mean, it felt like it. Yeah, but you're also like shitting half of it straight out, probably. And you, you, you know, I, I appreciated the fact that in your hiker's log, you didn't hesitate to describe in graphic detail your, uh, your bowel movements because it is actually like hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> My goal was to just really paint the picture yeah 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 earlier or otherwise well you know you can't just keep that kind of thing to yourself sometimes you know (laughs) i find it funny because i've done a lot of group backpacking you know part of my education was an outdoor leadership semester where we did a couple weeks out in utah and you know 20 students and you know basically we would like rotate who was the leader of the day we broke apart into smaller groups we're doing you know fairly advanced like mountaineering training and stuff like this and um anyways you, you, when you spend that amount of time on a trip around people or or otherwise you tend to hike by yourself it sounds like it gets to the point where there's really not much to talk about except how is your shit what are we having for dinner and that's about it you know uh it gets pretty damn simple you know any other Chit chat is usually just like total joking around nonsense, um, or just admiring what you're seeing. But it's like, for anybody who never had taken a long hike or gone backpacking or camping for an extended amount of time, where you kind of unplug from from modern existence, um, it's interesting how your brain kind of stops thinking about anything else. You know, it's like all the uh, all the noise kind of gets turned down. You know, 
pretty much the best part in my mind. Is that what you are appealed to by it, or yeah, what? Um, it, it doesn't, like you said, you it doesn't take long. You know, whether you're hiking with people you already know, or like, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, the Appalachian Trail, where you're meeting new people, it doesn't take long to where you've. I mean, I'm talking in a matter of days. It feels like you've known someone for weeks, months, years. Mm-hmm. You've gone over the the nitty gritty of their life and your life and what you do and sports and hobbies and all that. And then it just after that, it kind of boils down to. Yeah, the simple things, you know, mm-hmm. food, how many miles are we doing, whatever. But you, you, it's crazy. You, you feel like you're hiking with, like, your best friend, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've had some sort of powerful, like, bonding experience in the backcountry because it's like you're kind of, uh, in, a, in, a, in a sense, you're in it together. Like, you're, you're there's not a whole lot of other people to talk to, so you got to either make friends or, you know. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, if it's, if it's a weekend – you're going out and hiking, let's just say 20, 30 miles at the weekend hike, or it's a month, you're months on in dedication. You're walking with people who share the same goals as you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's awesome. It doesn't matter, you know, you could be a doctor, I may be, you know, a high school graduate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. All that, all that shit is left at the door at the start of the trailhead. Mm-hmm. And you become the same, you know. We're just people. Just people. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, working towards the same goal. Yeah. And yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I almost have thought. That like I think it's something that's ingrained in us that we occasionally go for long walks. It's almost like um, a very natural mode to be in because I think biologically people are basically supposed to be semi-nomadic, and so you know before we had automobiles, you know before we maybe even domesticated any kind of pack animals that we could ride or haul gear with we were basically covering territory on our own two feet with what we could carry on our backs and um so backpacking i think is a cool experience people think like like what the hell is the point right like i can drive to these beautiful places and just snap a photograph and have a picnic like why beat yourself up and carry all this weight and spend all these days and put yourself truly in a certain amount of risk uh, you know, if you break an ankle out there, you're in some serious hot water. Um, like, why put yourself through that? But it touches on something I, I think that's supernatural. And, like, you almost crave without knowing it's what you're craving. You know, it's like I was just drawn like a magnet to backpacking. I kind of knew that I needed to try it out. And, really, it's kind of a shame I haven't gone in a long time. But I do I do advocate it. It's fucking awesome to just walk you know <laughs> yeah, well, like, like you said it's excuse me um it's 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 one of our primitive what what makes people people you yeah. know i was i was an anthropology major i do nothing related to anthropology but people there are arguments that you know what you know what were the first signs of what uh, makes you know differentiates us from other you know non-human mm-hmm. some people say opposable thumbs some say art the use of tools. Use of tools. Some will say the ability to stand upright in the savanna to mm-hmm. see predators. The advent but of agriculture. What have we done since the yeah. time we've walked? Yeah. And we've been part of nature. And the further you know, we, we progress into the future, we get away from that. And mm-hmm. I think we, people generally, they miss it without knowing they miss it. It's interesting, actually. Yeah, just the bipedal development of humans. Uh, and now we live in a time where you sit you know, the average person sits way more than we stand. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's it's kind of counter to our biology, yeah. So backpacking, I think, is like a great way to just like, jolt your body back into its natural form and shape, and like talk about like, you know, I, I think it's like a a good way to zap your body back into a healthy state and and your mind, you know, absolutely. But then again, there's nothing wrong with buying yourself a 21 foot camper and doing the uh, <laughs> and doing the the new way, you know. I am I am ever more appealed to by the idea of having a little home base. I go out west for a month. I set up my camper. I have my motorbike. I have my fishing gear. Maybe I have my my rifle. You know, have a tag to hunt something. You know, whether it be an elk or an antelope or a deer, like and spend like a season out there basically fishing hunting and stocking up a little bit you know it'd be cool to have a setup like a trailer you know camper where you actually could have say a che- you know a chest freezer or two you know imagine yes. that that's the that's the modern nomad now modern semi nomad say your home base is here in indy but once a year you spend your month out there getting your meat locked down for the rest of the season you know, the rest of the year it's like i think more and more people are um you know maybe not even doing it in those kind of terms but naturally kind of finding their way into those those sort of routines yes. um yeah man a lot of people are uh sick and tired of staying in one place all the time you know yeah camper you know or you have a full one of those vans a pop-up van where you just you're free to go whenever you want you know? mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I met a chick, uh, had her on the podcast, uh, where she'd been living out of an RV for That's right. that was two good. and a half that was years good. or something. Yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she was cool as hell. She was smoking hot, too. I totally tried to get in there. She wasn't having it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, I enjoyed that episode, and I was just I was pissed that I... I wasn't doing that myself. Yeah, but that was, that's awesome. People yeah, that have the ability yeah. to do that, that flexibility yeah. comes with that kind of lifestyle. Well, and she was a cool cat in that um, you know, she very much recognized, I basically interviewed her like a week after Gabby Petito was right. yeah. you know, reported missing. And uh, so it was interesting because she is very realistic about like the threat of violence. And um, and she, she didn't go into details, but she told me she keeps a couple of... Uh, deterrence around if you catch my drift mm-hmm. and you know it's like she was real interesting in that she was a university rower and she she calls herself a hardcore feminist who is absolutely like mortified with the way the trans movement's going and I'm not trying to necessarily bring all this stuff up but she was just really interesting in that she's talking from the opinion of a collegiate athlete saying like I can't believe they're letting transgender women into sports and things like this it's just not fair it's not reasonable like what are we doing like she was she was interesting i don't know if all of that was on the episode necessarily some of that some of that might have been just personal and i hope i'm not like ratting her out but she was more or less anonymous so i can say what i want um but you know it's just wild like you meet these folks who are living on the road and a lot of them have uh have kind of she seemed highly intelligent and just like had had a like a lot of nuanced opinions. Her and I talked for probably four hours total, like combined, and only you know recorded for an hour of that. 
And uh, like I said, it's too bad. I was really hoping she was trying to have some fun, but can't win them all, you know. It was a, uh, you know, it was a more of a cerebral connection than a physical one, we'll say. When you're, when you're, um, there's a word for it. When you're into, you're attracted to someone's. What is it? Is it uh, no. I forget, but I've heard the term, and I've actually connected with that term. Um, it's yeah. It's when you're into something, you know, like, what what turns you on is conversation. And, yes. And someone's mind. Yes. I mean, you like to think we should all, in, in a way, you know, have that. Yeah. You know, as far as what we look for, but let's be real. Well, it's how, a, how it's, we started this conversation. Sometimes it's a combination of all of it, right? Yeah. But. Or, you know, it's actually, to be honest, I, I could never really, like, I was never a one-night one stand kind of person, and I don't think this woman was either. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's the kind of thing, I, I, I don't think I'd want to just, like, hook up with somebody I don't know, necessarily. Never really have. Uh, and I'm kind of grateful for that, because <laughs> strangers are weird, man. you got to get to know somebody. Like, that's pretty intimate shit, you know? But that was the thing. We spent four hours getting to know each other. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time now, now, but you know, like I said, can't win them all. <laughs> I hear that. Maybe, maybe you can have her back on the podcast. Well, you know, I told her, I gave her my number and info and said, next time you come through Indy, you're welcome to park your camper here. You know, it's like, if you need a place to, you know, plug in or whatever, like all that. So yeah, it's yeah. good to have allies. You know, it's like, that was the thing. It's like, she's a friend now, like solid friend. Totally, uh, hope she hits me up next time she passes through the, the crossroads, right? Yep. But I've thought a lot, you know, a lot about whether or not I'd want to relocate because sometimes it feels like Indy just, it's like a, I don't know. It gets to you. After it a gets while. to you after a while, but it's a good place if, if you if you have the means to get away. Yes. It's a good place to get away from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I moved here seven years ago after after my, my Appalachian Trail uh, hike. Mainly because my family was here. I have two brothers and a mom that's nearby, mm-hmm. and I, 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 you know, I tell people that I don't know how long I'm gonna be here, but I've been saying that for seven years now. Yeah, and Indy's as good a place as any. That's kind of what I figure. I, I wish we had kind of like Denver. I wish there were mountains mm-hmm. right, just right outside. But well, it's only a short 19-hour drive. Yeah, <laughs> you know, eight hours to the Appalachian Trail. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I've made that haul to Denver in one push. I don't recommend it, it is, but it is possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. There might have been some stimulants involved, but <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong. <laughs> but I was, I, I had every time I go, <clears throat> excuse me, every time I go out west, it's always it seems to be like a last minute thing that I just decide to do. It's like I look at the bank account, I look at the work schedule, and I figure run the numbers. It's now or never, and I pack up the truck and fucking haul ass. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like, I've stopped in Kansas a few times, right? I remember one time my mom insisted, she's like, get a hotel room. Because she was mortified that I had said the last time I just slept in the car at a truck stop for a couple hours, right? And it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm in a well-lit area, like there's people coming and going, like, I feel safer there than I do at some shady ass motel mm-hmm. in Hayes, Kansas, you know, but I did it for mama and you know, stayed in this fucking motel six or whatever in, in Hayes. And it was like, I was hearing, you know, I was hearing freaking all kinds of weird, sketchy noises the whole time. Like some of these, 
I was listening to somebody talk about how sketchy some of these towns along the highway truly are. Like a lot of the people that live there, like find a way to scam the, the passers through stuff like that. So it's like, I'd almost rather, you know, do what I got to do to just get where I'm going and not stop. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I get a little bit concerned about what the future may look like, but it's the kind of thing, if you're in a position where you're almost fleeing out of necessity and there's there's danger along the way, it's like you got to already have these, these um, skills and these strategies for just, like, not putting yourself in a bad position. It's like hitchhikers. Have you guys ever known any hitchhikers or done any? Have you hitchhiked much? Yeah. There's a lot of strategy involved to not become a victim, right? As far as where you let people drop you off, where you wait to get picked up, like you don't want to be, you don't want to make yourself a target. You want to be able to maybe, and I've heard about people who say, you know, people have pulled over to pick them up and they just got a bad vibe and they're like, no, not like you can go along, like I'll wait. And that's a weird thing, you know, because you almost feel obligated if the person stops that you take the take the ride from them but i don't know i it's uh if the world became a little less predictable and a little less safe uh there's probably going to be a lot of hitchhikers you know and there's probably going to be a lot of travelers and it's going to be a different kind of thing if that ever was was the way things go you know i've said before i think if like the economy collapsed there'd probably be a lot of people living in campers kind of moving around looking for work and stuff like that you know but it's like better to have the skills and not be one of those people that you know pulls over in the wrong place, the wrong part of you know the wrong part of town, and ends up getting everything taken away. Yep. Yeah. Reminds me of the book. Uh, oh, I might put your. Is it is it Grapes of Wrath? I'm thinking of. Possibly. Isn't that about hobos in the in the looking, dust bowl? In California and, looking for work. And yeah. Doesn't end up too well for at least one of them. Is that right? I've never read Grapes of Wrath. It, it's a sure thick it's one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, snowball off what you said. I've been in, I've accepted uh, a ride from someone in, uh, these two guys in Maine who were, I didn't know it at the time, but were drunk. Mm-hmm. And I'm just holding on for my life in the back. And then I've, I've been in Mississippi <laughs> where a guy was simply taking me up the road, a couple miles up the road to a gas station so I could like get some food. Mm-hmm. I go in with basically just my wallet with some money. And I'm like, holy shit, I just left. Left my gear. All, yeah. everything I, that is, you know, that's what I have. That's all I have to my name. Left in his back of his truck. And I'm like, he could just. Drive away. He wouldn't, I mean, yeah, if he'd gone through it, he wouldn't like it. It's just sweaty, nasty stuff. But it was my life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. stupid decision. But the guy was great. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But you'll probably never make that mistake again, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, you know, I've done, I've done it since. I've gone and I'm like, you know, they said, you can leave that in here. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, I'll be right back. You know, I'll take my pack with me. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. You, you do it once and you learn from it. Yeah, maybe you keep your wallet in the pack so that, yeah. you know, I needed my pack to get my wallet out. But whatever, you know, yeah, you, you come up with little strategies. You don't want to, you don't want to seem ungrateful, but you always want to watch your own back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like I only hitchhiked once and it was when I was, I was out in Utah. Hitchhiking is actually legal um, in, in Utah. And me and some buddies were doing a whitewater rafting just a day. So we had two trucks and we had the raft and we, you know, took the raft and one of the trucks 
to the to the start. You know, took the other truck to the finish, and we hitchhiked from one to the other. You know what? I take that back. We only had the one truck. That's why we had to hitchhike, right? We could have done a, a shuttle otherwise, but we we dropped the raft off. We drove the truck to the pullout, and then two of two of the four of us, you know, basically hitchhiked back to meet the guys. You know. 30 miles down the river and uh we had to take maybe two or three rides to get there but this guy pulls over kind of the middle leg and uh and you know basically we were told if you got life jackets and a paddle somebody's gonna pick you up you know what i mean in moab like that's that's the culture out there so this guy pulls over and he's like yeah hop on in the bed of the truck again that's legal like as long as you're sitting on the floor of the the bed and uh well, it's, you know, basically it's a single cab pickup. So I got in the, in the truck, my buddy got in the bed and this guy, you know, basically before he could put the thing into gear, he had to blow into a, into a breathalyzer. Right. And he, he, oh, and he blows into it and it like lights up green or whatever. And he shifts down into drive. And I, he, he looks at me and smiles and he says, that's what you do if you party too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, good to know you're clean, say, brother. Least, yeah. We knew, you know, we knew he was sober. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a character, you know, it's funny. You meet interesting folks when you travel like that, you know? It's like I I I don't really care for the type of travel that I grew up doing, where you get a condo down on the beach somewhere and you fucking sit on the beach for seven days straight. It's like I want to go out and like live a little bit, yes. you know, meet some folks or you know go up in the mountains, you know, whatever, you know. But a lot of people kind of keep their vacations. They want to be safe and. Yeah, they want it to be clean and predictable, and it's like, nah, fuck all that, you know. I read too much Jack Kerouac to, you know, to feel that way. So With me being on a beach for vacation, it just gets redundant after a while. It's the same thing after yeah. the same day, another day. It's just, if you go out, you know, in the woods, or you go out on a lake or something, you're almost guaranteed to see something different mm-hmm. the next day. A lot of people think fishing's boring, but it's like, I enjoy it. Nah. It's peaceful. I like being, you know, not not necessarily by myself, but being out, you know, just being where it's quiet and just being alone for the most part. You know, just, mm-hmm. if you catch fish, cool. But if not, you can always read a book, you can play a little bit of tunes, or you can just listen to the water or like the birds. Rip out the, the dating apps. Yeah, and just keep swiping <laughs> right. Nah. It's not seventy-five percent. No man, I yeah I always say it's like I'm happy if I got a bag of grass and a cooler full of beer. You know I don't need much else. A book to read, you know, a fishing pole. Like I could spend a week by myself if I got all those things, and I've done it. You know it's nice. I uh, I would take time off when I was working out there, and I would uh, take my little Subaru all the way up this mountain. You know, sketchy little trail and. I went to this place called Donkey Reservoir. That was my go-to uh, sort of getaway spot. And it was this little mountain. You know, It was a man-made reservoir, obviously, but a little, you know, decent little fishing hole. And I'd always get up there, and it would be like my little Subaru Forester with like a bunch of tricked-out Jeeps and 4x4s and stuff. And I always felt kind of good about that, like having the having the – underdog you know it's like my little fucker can get up here too you know (laughs) (laughs) those subarus they're pretty impressive you know yes sir yeah you got to get yourself four by four there smalls yeah i'm gonna have to well i've been saying for because just a couple weeks ago 
I kind of messed my truck up a little bit going in a ditch, so uh, I need an alignment on a bunch of other shit. You know, just it's about here about two or three years. I'm gonna try to buy me a brand new truck. Yeah. So. Yeah. I always uh, I'm partial to buying cheap old trucks. You know, I've just had a lot of good luck. It's like I got two trucks and I only spent twenty four hundred on them combined. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, something about owning it outright to me. It's like if you can afford to pay cash for a brand new truck, fucking by all means. But I'm averse to having payments, you know. That's what like, my last two, three vehicles I've had. I've not had to do payments. I've just paid mm-hmm. cash right out, and that's about it. So, and they've not been, they've been off like Craigslist and shit like that. I didn't have to go to a dealership. Yeah. So if I can go do that route again, by by all means, I'll do it. But we'll see what happens. Well, you know, it's. It's funny because you're younger than I realized or that I thought. You're only, you said, what, 22, Three. 23? And it sounds like you make pretty decent money as a as an insulator, you know? Or It's that... not bad. I've also, I've been saving since I was 16. Like I'm, is that right? I'm kind of a tight ass, but at the same time, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just, I know when to spend and when not to spend money. So Right on, yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, it's like uh, it goes to show that a guy in the trades can make, good money you know there's tons of opportunities in the building trades and in blue collar kind of work not cambo i know what you do is a little more technical but i'd still call it kind of like i mean you're working with your hands right i'm not so much actually no um, well you, let me i'll just uh, preface for your readers um i am a uh, i'm an industry specialist for one of the largest chemical uh, distribution companies in the country um mm. anything from uh, be it public health post-harvest pest control, all those products that, that you probably see, let's, let's just say a pest control uh, technician spraying your house for or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sell those products. I specialize in fumigation. So, you know, you might be, your readers, or your, sorry, your viewer, your listeners, excuse me, they might be familiar with, um, you know, fumigating for bed bugs, be it a home, a hotel, whatever. But there's also a lot of behind the scenes fumigation, like the vast majority of what you eat at some point in the line is fumigated. Yeah. So anyways, my customers do that. I train them how to legally and safely perform those fumigations. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, though, yes, I used to be in the field performing those. Didn't you, like, um, calibrate the equipment and stuff I like that? I, I, yeah. Those have to be calibrated every year by law. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure they, they are functioning within a certain range, and that's, that's what I do. You know, it just seems like... Uh, it, I, it's a skilled kind of labor, you know, certainly. What you, you said you studied anthropology. How'd you find your way into freaking I fumigation just, of all things? You know, years ago, long story short, was uh, was with a, an ex at the time, and I went wherever her job took her. Uh-huh. And ended up moving her, you know, over a process of several moves, ended up in, uh, in Edmondsville, Indiana for a while, looking for a job, was fumigation. Can't say I loved it, but I enjoyed it. Every And it note, paid good, yeah. It paid, yeah, paid all right. Yeah. Um, and no two jobs are ever the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, fast forward a few years, um, we borrowed this job through a, uh, someone I used to know. And so now, actually, that company is my customer. So, um, yeah, so now I train on behind the scenes. That's where I prefer to be. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Well, man, it's, uh, you know, I'm tempted to ask you to tell us a story, the, the story of the red Jeep lady. Yeah, yeah. Again, I was reading I'm, your. I'm um, gonna need another beer for that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get you something. You wanna? Do you want more of that quaff or do you want no, a Miller? No, that's this right here. Yep. This, that's the maintenance beer, as I've been, as I've heard it called. Yeah, you know, it's. You're, you're welcome. We can either pause it or we can we can ramble. I have to go to the bathroom again.
Yeah, no, no, no. Let's uh, let's take a little breather. Let's all reload. I'm gonna. I gotta track down my cigarettes. So yeah, we'll hit the pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll do a quick break for commercials, which I have none of. But one day. day. (laughs) (laughs) Would you actually? Would you actually tell us about the best blowjob of your life? Yes. We almost missed this, uh, but we gotta get this story here. Um. (laughs) So back when. I was a youngin, you know. I knew my ways around, you know, women just a little bit. Um, there was this woman, I'll leave her unnamed, but we worked at a Kroger facility, and she liked me, and, you know, she was all right, you know. She was, I would consider her a mahi, you know, you know, a six to the, to the listeners out there. <laughs> and there's, you know, we always, you know, felt each other kind of like that and then there was one day she had asked if, if I wanted to go out for lunch at a Mexican joint right next to Kroger and I said sure well after lunch we came back and we so, so happened to have break at the same time at the end of our shifts oh naughty naughty and we was upstairs a little and, break time blow it, blowy there yeah. yeah yep in the good old bagger closet upstairs and I swear to it and I'll probably until I have another woman that comes in my life that's just as good, if not better. Um, that's the best blowjob I've ever had in my life, and unfortunately, I got fired, and I never heard from her again. And was it because of, of Was it because of the blowy? The you got fired. No, but that was. I mean, that led up to it, though. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna that, say that led up to it, though. You got caught. Yes, I got caught. I got suspended, and when I came back. Um, did they catch you in the act? A coworker did. Oh shit! Yes. But it was still the best. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth losing your job. Yeah, yeah, it was worth losing my job. <laughs> worked out. Yes, <laughs> I was on the verge of quitting sooner than later, but that was just the cherry on top, pretty much for me. And hey, that's called going out with a bang, going out yeah. in style. I'm not sure. But, uh, oh, say, it really was going out with a bang. I say, I say, yeah, rock and roll, dude. Was this was this the Kroger? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in Mars Hill, huh? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Cause uh, it's funny. I've only been here about a year, but I've been getting to know Mars Hill and getting to know like a little bit about the history and stuff. It sounds like kind of a weird side of town in some ways, like. It's almost like an independent kind of space. Uh, I hear that it was just incorporated into the, into the city in like the 70s or maybe late 60s, but uh, people here like really didn't want that. Yeah. And uh, wasn't there a whole lot of problems with like the sewers were fucked up? Yep. And, like, the and city, you know, that was the whole thing. The city's going to come in, fix your sewer problem, this and that, but you got to become part of the city. And people, I think there's a lot of like animosity even to this day. It seems like people don't want to be a part of Indianapolis here. Yes, and then with the whole sewer, um, so there's part of Mars Hill. It's called Lafayette Heights. I mean, still Mars Hill is just quote unquote a nicer side of Mars Hill, just where the drugs aren't. And uh, yeah, back in the early '90s, when the the sewers were really still bad they took out all the sidewalks on lafayette heights just to replace the sewers and that's i want to say it's done a great job but mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of 
I want to say poverty, but there's still a lot of poor people. Uh, I want to say if it's a fault of their own, maybe it's not, but there's still drugs, you know, but you'll have that anywhere you go. But I will say Mars Hill isn't as bad as Gary. No. Or no. Hallville or something like that. No. And I'm luckily not technically in Mars yeah, Hill. No. So I, I'm a little insulated from all that. Anyways, it's not a terrible, terrible place, but no. um, seems like there's a certain amount of, uh, like, we take care of our own business in Mars Hill. Yes. Like, I don't see the cops down here much. No, give it, if five, about five years ago, ten years ago, it was, you'd always see cops every night. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Gary, I think people in Gary are, are, are afraid to come to Indy. You know, this year, we I think it was like a week ago, we already set our homicide record. We're up there, yeah. Per we, capita, we, we're we already, like... Yeah, we passed it last year on the record, and like, mm-hmm. it was about a month ago. I think we're worse than Detroit right now, Yeah, per, per capita, capita. We're one of the worst in the, in the country. Now, you guys, I think, am I right in saying you're both um, carriers, or is that... I'm, I'm not. You're not, okay. I mean, I, I am... Guns. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so when you do your hikes, you're not carrying a weapon? No. No? I, I carry a, uh, I mean, I'll show you, the listeners can't, only weapons I, other than my trekking poles that I consider sort of weapons. Sure. Sort of something. Well, it's something to create some distance. Little, little, yeah, a little two-inch like, pocket knife little, like this, and yeah. this is just to cut my, my meat and cheeses. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. But that's about it. I think yeah. if you need to carry when you're hiking, it feeds the purpose of what hiking is about. And well, you could say that, but there are stories that happen. You, you know, know, things happen. Things happen, and frankly, if you're in bear territory, I think it's a whole nother ball game. Um, a lot of people insist on carrying a, a high caliber handgun. If you're in grizzly territory, um, you know, out in Yellowstone, shall we say? Because uh, you come across you, you know, the best thing you can do is wear a damn bell around your neck so they hear you coming. Because it's really just if you surprise them. But you know, bear comes into your camp late at night and you know it's like you're in a pretty vulnerable position if you don't have mm-hmm. something to to put that bear down with potentially you hope that it at the worst eats your food and moves on um but it could get a lot worse than that you know you're kind of sitting duck there in your little hammock or your little uh tent you know i mean if, if you know a gun that is you know the gun plus a full mag under eight ounces i'll entertain it mm-hmm. It's a matter of weight for you. Yeah. See, I say I, I'm. Got a good gun for you then. Yeah. What? What's that? A little. Uh, brand new uh, LCP Max. It's a 380. It's very lightweight. Is that a Ruger? Yes. So it's the light compact pistol. Yes. Huh? So I've got the LCR, the light LCR. compact revolver. Yeah. Is this the one you let me touch? Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> you let him touch your pistol. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, you touched, you held the 40. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The FN40. But it was just the tip that you let me touch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've drank quite a bit together, I, I believe you can handle it now. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, no, I mean, so Cambo, is it something that you think you'd ever want or are you opposed? I'm curious. Um, never. I get it. Never opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Or will I carry it? Probably not. At least, um, at least hiking wise. Um, as far as having one, you know, home, car, whatever. But you know, um, uh, a concealed license, whatever. No, I'm not opposed to that. I've just never, just never done it. Never felt like I needed to. Sure. But as far as hiking, absolutely not. You know, my thing is, um, 
I feel lucky that I don't often feel in any kind of danger, but I, I have at times felt threatened. And so I, I do carry on a regular basis and, uh, you know, I kind of encourage it just because I think good people carrying weapons is good for society. Uh, because whether you like it or not, bad people are going to carry weapons. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. I almost don't want to bring it up, but I just saw last night. Um, have you guys ever heard of representative Thomas Massey? He's from Kentucky. It may sound familiar, but I'm not. Name's sort of it. Yeah. yeah, you guys aren't super like political, I don't think. Yeah. And that's cool. You know, I I I am like anti-political, which makes me in a sense like very political, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people out there like you, so I don't have to be. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but Thomas Massey's kind of he's a, you know, he is a representative for for a district of Kentucky. Um, but he is a he they they've called him the most hated man in Washington. And I, I actually met him uh, over the summer down in Nashville at a conference called Rogue Food, um, where the whole idea of the conference is how do we take control back of our food systems away from the corporations, away from the regulating agencies, the FDA, the USDA. Um, how do we sort of circumvent regulations to help local small farms kind of get around these rules that make it cost prohibitive to have small cattle herds and things like this, you know, because of all the rules around packaging and health and safety. And it's, it's become very difficult to be a small farmer, right? So that's what the conference was all about. And, and Thomas Massey, he's a small farmer and a congressman and a second amendment advocate. <clears throat> and he's really been causing a lot of trouble in Washington for people with all the COVID stuff. And I've been interested, I've been watching his his moves, you know, it's like everybody pays attention to Rand Paul, but like Thomas Massey has kind of been like stirring the pot in the house while Rand Paul's stirring the pot in the Senate. And frankly, I don't agree with either of them on all things, but Thomas is an interesting cat and I bring him up because he posted this picture of him and his family posted it yesterday and they all have guns and they're in front of the Christmas tree and it's like, Merry Christmas, (laughs) you know, Santa, please bring the ammo. And I saw the picture and I busted my side laughing because I thought it was hilarious and like super cheeky. And uh, I met this guy. I shook his hand. I talked to him. I actually sat next to him and his wife at this conference and got to know them a fair bit. They're super, super cool, super nice, um, very smart. Like he's a MIT graduate. He's invented this thing he calls the Klux Capacitor which is a control module for mobile chicken coops, basically, that move along the ground so the chickens get fresh grass. And, so uh, I thought that was something in uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> that, that's, that's the joke. Yeah, that's the okay. flux capacitor. You know, he named it the Klux Capacitor. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, he's a total, he's a dweeb. He's a nerd, he, but he's super cool, you know? And he posts this picture and I just thought it was hilarious, but of course, you know, everything underneath it, it's like, didn't you hear about the mass shooting up in Michigan? How insensitive, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I'm sitting there thinking, like, am I a bad person for laughing at this photo? Like, because I'm not trying to glorify violence. And I don't think he is either. He's a smart guy, but it, it is. He's making a statement with his family saying, like, we have the right to own these weapons, you know? It's as simple as that. To him, he's not making any other kind of statement and, like, these mass shootings are a fucking tragedy. 
but it was just interesting to like, I hate to even do it. I don't get on Twitter hardly at all, but to look at all these retweets and replies and stuff. And it was just super nasty. Like everybody connecting things that are to me completely unconnected, you know, and, um, Guns are a hot topic, you know? Yeah. That's my point. That's my only point is, like, I thought this picture was funny, but a ton of folks found it insensitive and offending and you know, offensive. And um, I can see why people get offended because, you know, from a certain point of view, it is insensitive to post pictures of you and your family smiling, holding guns after a mass shooting. But, you know, it's kind of like when there's a mass shooting every other day, there is no politically sensitive time to post a picture of yourself with a gun. Doesn't mean you don't have the right to post a picture of yourself with the gun, but you got to be willing to take the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because I've just been, I was looking and it's like he's not replying to any of it. He posted this picture and I know he knew what he was doing when he posted it. He knew it was going to bring some hatred, but they don't call him the most hated man in Washington for no reason. And it's just funny to kind of like almost feel like I know the guy personally. Because I had this one day where I talked to him a fair amount. And my hope would be if if I saw him again, he might, you know, re- remember me. I might have to remind him, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like he's not a – he's he, part of me was like, is this a smart move on his part? Or is he basically – I think it could be this photo might be the reason he doesn't get reelected, you know? Not that I care. I don't live in his district, but – it's just so interesting that I'm like, this dude is, is he? I think he's got some fucking balls to post that. And it's like, apparently his whole family's with him, you know? And uh, anyways, I don't, I don't know why I bring it up exactly, but it's like guns are on the tip of the tongue these days. I believe in the right to have them. I don't think, you know, it's necessarily like sensitive to post pictures with them and stuff like that. But uh, it is making a point as, as a representative of the U S government or of the citizens, uh, this man does have a certain required like duty to make a stand one way or the other on certain things. And he's clearly made a stand, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny picture. You might pull it up. You know, honestly, I'll show it to you. It's, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I think it depends on the, on the context of, I mean, I, I totally get probably what his meaning was behind uh-huh. it. You know, like I said, I'm not very political, but uh-huh. You know, if you go to MIT, bro knows what he's doing. Like, what if him and his family had posted they were wearing um, camo and were holding a bunch of rifles? Here you go. Would it still carry that? Oh, shit, look at this. So a lot oh, of people, a lot of people posted comparison photos. They're like, you guys literally look like terrorists, and they posted pictures of like Al Qaeda, you know, Al Qaeda posing for the camera with their AKs and like. Is this him with the uh, the large gun? Yes, the very, very big gun, yes. It's a little over the top. I don't it's know it's pretty over the top. These types of guns. Well, okay, I mean, my thing is, like, you you don't need it unless, unless things go really, really poorly, in which case maybe you do need it. And, you know, the whole thing is he is a man of, of a certain amount of means due to his own... His own entrepreneurship, he's made a, like a decent living and he's got, he's got a family, you know, so he has things to theoretically defend. You think she's 18? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please tell us. Well, I don't know if it matters, you know. Kyle Rittenhouse apparently didn't break any laws. They don't know who we're talking about, so it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I'm young enough. Well, at least I look young enough. So if she wanted to come my way, Smalls is always available. <laughs> okay. I thought you were asking if she was old enough to ho- hold the gun. Hold the gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what we're talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah. You might, yeah, you might be talking about a, a different kind of gun, though, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> dirty motherfucker. It's like it's like you can't make jokes like that anymore, Smalls. You know that. You know, it's like Matt McConaughey classically said the line about high school girls i get older they stay the same age can't you can't say that anymore <laughs> you just lost five listeners yes. <laughs> <laughs> you twisted demented motherfucker yeah, i mean oh, you're not wrong to me it's okay so these are connected things it's like political correctness being hypersensitive to everybody's feelings versus actually saying something or you know even just going so far as to make a joke, an off-color joke. There is a line somewhere where you are being, like, hateful at a certain point. Yes. And I think anything that's, like, hateful is not a good thing. Um, I guess my point is that, like, I, I chuckled at that photograph because I didn't find it offensive. It's just a family that believes in the right to bear arms and... They got some fucking arms to bear. I yeah, mean, like that, that, the youngest one of the bunch, it looked like she's holding like a legit Uzi, you know? And I actually did a little research because I'm like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm like, Tom would not post pictures of his family holding illegal weaponry, you know? So I like did a quick look, but that big ass gun he's holding, you know, that is, it's technically legal, but that's a big ass gun, <laughs> you know? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's it's funny. I it's it goes to the point of like it seems like people are watching two different movies in this country right now. People see the same picture and they respond completely different yes. fucking ways. And it's um, it's either black or white. There is no gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was tempted to like post some shit on Instagram, like because I have a photo with me and Thomas Massey, like smiling for the camera, like I got my my arm around him and. I was tempted to post the picture of his family and the picture of him and me. And then one of many, many pictures, excuse me, of black families I've seen that are armed to the teeth and say, why does the first one make you feel a certain way, but the second one makes you feel another, you know, because there's a whole movement for the black community to arm themselves. And I think that's a good thing. Um, but it's it's interesting. You, you, you can kind of like get a different response yes. out of those two different Depending two on who different images. To, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and some people might be more threatened by the black family. Some people might be more threatened by the white. You know, it's like, and it's just because we've all developed these insane biases towards one another, and we assume because it's a white family holding a gun, whatever. You know, it's um, white supremacy. But like the same thing with a black family. It's like, oh, that's empowerment. That's, you know, them defending their community. But it's like, where's, there's really no difference. There's no fucking difference to me. Everybody should. I truly believe that if everybody had a gun, a lot less crime would go down, you know. But some people think that's a ludicrous, you know, proposition. I think it's logic, but I don't know. I suppose you never know until it happens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We don't want the Wild West, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, a um, again, I had, I'm still, I know we started off with this, but we're, a lot of the, what we're talking about still wraps up back around to, um, like, instant gratification. And there's this quote that, and I'm not going to even try to quote it word for word because I don't know, I don't know who said it. I think it might have been 
Buddhist person mm-hmm. in because you butcher it, but it says like basically it says every logical decision that you make should be done in the span of seven breaths. So too many people, you know, they see that photo, instantly, they're they're texting, uh, they're, they're doing something. Sure, sure. Or they think too long about it, and, and it can cause the same thing to happen. Hmm. You let it muster, but like she's like, you know, seven times. Seven deep and, breaths. And, and it can be in any decision in life. Hmm. And I, I heard that recently. And I'm like, no more, no less. Make the decision, maybe, right? Maybe seven, maybe eight, but whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Like, yeah. Too, yeah. People are too quick to, you know, yeah. make up their minds on how they feel. Mm-hmm. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Step back. Think about it. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, that's an interesting thought. I recently, yeah. I recently heard Never that heard that. Yeah. No. I need, to, I need to find that. So, right on. So, Smalls, you said you're you're trying to head to Montana at some point here? Yes. Yeah? Like this winter, or what are you thinking? Um, early spring. It's going to say, heading to Montana in the winter, probably. Well, you may want to go late spring. Yeah. Just I'll because see. of, uh, like, if snow still lingers, but maybe you want snow. I don't know. Well, eventually I want to go to Alaska, but I want to hold off on that. Mm-hmm. But no, I'll... Early... Sometime in spring, maybe summer. Like, I'm... From anywhere from April to mid-July, I would like to be out to get that. I want to just get it said and done over with, but I'd like to get out there and just have time to myself. Mm-hmm. Just get a, a break away from social media, away from the the city, just away from work, everything. You know, just sit back and just relax. Mm-hmm. Now, would you bring your would you bring your dog with you? Yes, I would. Why bring... didn't you mention your dog? Hmm. We haven't talked dogs. I was hoping you'd both bring your dogs with you. I told you you could. (laughs) She's not here. Yeah. As am I. She was just a little too tired. She partied hard yesterday. What's her name? Her name is Winnie. She's a three and a half year old American pit bull terrier. I know Winnie very much, but I wanted you to introduce her. She's my second best face gal. She is my first best face gal. And Cambo, you have a... I have a dog as well. Um, you care to share what? Yeah, for, I mean, for any for any of your listeners that know either Smalls or I, you know Winnie, you know Ladybird, which is my you know my pit my pity tripod. Yep, you can't miss Ladybird. She's a she's a what is it called again? She she she's not a whippet. She's a oh I mean um, she's a pit something mix right. She's seventy five percent pit, so I just say that. okay. And then so the joke's on me because I, I paid that money to have the DNA test, and I forget what the other Vishla. She almost looks like a Vishla. Like Vishla. Okay. I, I know it if I heard it, but regardless, she's she's perfect when he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Doc's chill. I don't know where he's at. He's in the bed. Oh, in the bed. Yeah, he yeah. he had a busy couple days. Uh, and today's running. one of those days. Yep, it's rainy and all Absolutely. that. Yeah, man. But you know, the dogs are always welcome in the shop. It's like I just open the back door, let them come and go, and yeah. Like I said, I told you guys last night, I'm tempted to build a little bar, right? I want to hang the TV up, build a little bar, get some get some stools, have my little speakeasy in here. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. This place is chill. I mean, I've heard you describe it on some of your other episodes, but like, this is... Yeah, this it's very here. like... The stove here. Yeah. The stove brings... Awesome. It really ties the room together, yes. as a wise man once said. Y'all y'all, big Lebowski fans? I, I've never actually... I know the movie, but I've never, never seen it. Never seen it? Oh, man. The Big Lebowski? The Big Lebowski. That's worth a like watch. Best movies. Oh. Yeah. It's in my top ten, no doubt. Maybe top five, yeah. 
Is it a dude movie? It's the dude. Dang it, it's called he, the character is the dude. Listen to that. Yeah, it's crackling like a motherfucker. Pick, it oh, it like spikes out the mic. I'm gonna have to look through the the audio wave, like whatever the I forget what you call it, but um, because it it'll spike on those big pops, and so I gotta to, I can dial it down a little bit. That way, it doesn't blow out your goddamn speakers. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it actually would, but it it pierces. You know what I mean? Yeah. It reminds me of the, uh, speaking of, you know, speakers or whatever, uh, the movie uh, uh, Private Parts. Did you ever see that with uh, Howard Stern? Mm-mm. Oh, come on. May of the 90s, and there's this one, it basically it covers Howard Stern and how he became Howard Stern, starting off at the bottom in the radio business, whatever, and there's this one episode. He was always... You know, flirting the line of what was appropriate. On the- <laughs> I think he was more than flirting with it. I think yeah. he was feeling it up. I think, yeah, so, well, especially his earlier years, he was grabbing its ass. Yeah. You know, it was people, like, yeah, people didn't want him because of that. And there's uh-huh. this one episode where he tells a he tells a lady, you know, this is back in the '90s or '80s, whatever, and you have these those full length speakers, and he tells her to lay on its side and to sit on it, mm-hmm. and then basically he goes in and makes some noises, vibrating on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's that's where my head goes when I hear this stuff, and you have a lot of power in what you can do to manipulate the sound. And uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Have either or y'all edit out what you know? Ever listened to Howard Stern's podcast or radio show, whatever he has? I haven't. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's something else. He's is he still that same way? Like he's always been? Yes. I I don't listen. I've heard I've heard mixed things. I've heard he's um. I don't know. I, I've heard he's been kind of a dick on co- on COVID stuff a little bit or whatever. But like, I don't know. I'm trying not to judge anybody's take on COVID until like this all shakes out. But it's like, I don't know, dude. A lot of celebrities are being kind of shitty and just trying to like tell us all how to live. And it's like, mm. shut the fuck up, you know. <laughs> No, man, that's the whole thing. And like, you know, people don't even realize how much the lower class was affected by lockdown and stuff. Like, basically, lots of Americans kind of were able to coast through that and keep making a living or or whatever, fall back on their savings if they had to. But like... Mom and pop shops. A lot of people went out of business. I heard... I think it was seventy percent of restaurants across the country, something like that, are like closed permanently. Well, look how many steak and shakes got hit. I mean, steak and shake was already going downhill. It was. But it was. A shit ton of steak and shakes got put out of business. Mm-hmm. Because. And, and, you know, and the worst, like shit, the worst thing that happened to me, like I coasted. Like, let's be real, I coasted. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate. The worst thing that happened to me was, like every American, I think I just you know picked up drinking. I gained ten pounds. Mm. I've since lost it, but like yeah, so I have nothing to. Yeah, I was fortunate. Yeah, I bet you. Uh, do you weigh yourself like before and after your hikes, yeah. just to know? I I, I weigh I, myself. I'd be curious. At least daily, maybe. I don't live by the scale. Mm-hmm. I just want to, you know. I like to know. But you can't weigh yourself on your hike. You don't carry a scale. No, no. no but I, you, on average, regardless of what kind of hike it is, it can be. Because you typically lose. I would say within the first like like my Indiana hikes for about two weeks, you would typically lose, at least my experience, most of your weight in those first two to three weeks. Before you start, you know, getting control of your diet, mm-hmm. and then you'll gain some of that that back, and then you'll maintain it. Mm-hmm. So I, I average, on average, I lose about fifteen pounds, and I did. And right now, I like this. I like feeling good. Yeah. You know, I can put some guilt-free beer back. 
Yeah. Don't worry about it. So. Yeah. yeah. Smalls, you don't look like you got to worry about <laughs> <laughs> losing any weight, brother. Well, <laughs> I mean, Smalls Cambo doesn't either. But, yeah. <laughs> well, like I told Cambo just a couple weeks ago, um, back in July, I was having a problem with alcohol. I was down in almost a six to eight pack a, a night, you know, mm-hmm. I from July until about. October-ish, maybe, I put on about 12, almost getting close to the 15-pound range of beer. Mm. And that's a lot for someone my size, you know. Mm-hmm. And you could you could see it in my face and, you know, nothing wrong with dad bods. If, like, I guess dad bods are a thing. But, like, I guess, I guess, yeah. But I have, since then, I've, I don't, I mainly drink on the weekends now. Yeah. If I go to Metazoa throughout the week, it's maybe one, two, instead of mm-hmm. being about four or five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you've, uh, I mean, you've seen me lately, obviously drinking, but uh, you know, I, I didn't. I went about a month. Did you? Pretty much a month exactly. Basically, starting from November, you know, I don't drink when I hike, and then I just decided to carry that. It was a good uh, recalibration, pump the brakes, step back, and you know, the clear mind. Mm-hmm. I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm kind of um, easing my way back into it because thanks to small. Yes, I'll say what happened. Again, but <laughs> I'm kind of keeping it to weekends only. Yeah, well, alcohol is an interesting drug. You know, it's very social. You know, it's a very social drug. It it's is. got its place. Uh, That's how we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I see why people do it. It's uh, certain, certainly something people got to keep their eye on. You know, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I drink my beer, but I tend to steer clear of any liquor, you know. Yeah, it's just like, it, yeah. yeah, 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 man. But the beer belly is a thing, you know. <laughs> I still got some of it left. Yeah, yeah. I'm holding on for the right woman because I know she'll like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could relate with you guys, but I'm, uh, I'm quite the bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, luckily this is radio, so you don't have to show it off. Yeah. But hey, at least you got. At least can you can. Rub, rub the, the microphone across. Uh huh. But um, but um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what's that called when uh, they go like over the mic? What's that? Oh, fuck. We'll come back to that small. Yes, we will. Well, I was just thinking. Um, fuck, I don't even know what I was thinking. Y'all are y'all are tripping me up here. Oh, we were talking about drinking and shit, and it's like. Uh, I think, I bet you a lot of people, you know, this is me speaking from just my assumptions, basically, but a lot of people drank a lot over the last two years. You know, it's the whole idle hands or the devil's workshop thing. Like, I was very anti-lockdown from the start, because it's like, you can't just tell people not to go to work. Like, people got to work, you know? But, especially, you know, because it's like, 14 days was one thing, but when it never really ended, it's like, Jesus Christ, people got to make money, man. You know, and they threw a couple checks at us, you know, a couple grand, three grand total. Three, three grand total. Yeah, yeah, and it's sure. like, for how for how much time? Like, it's kind of weird. Do you guys get the feeling, like, I almost just feel like the last year and a half was just so bizarre, it doesn't even feel fucking real. And, like, the place we're at right now is so bizarre it doesn't even 
fucking feel real. A lot of people make jokes about like Matrix is glitching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've seen those those like memes or, or posts or whatever, and it said uh, people miss the the early days of COVID when it was Tiger King and the stimulus checks, and it's like, did that really happen? And it, <sighs> weird, weird. I mean, Feels like ages ago, right? Been, what, two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Where did the last I think it's been started? 20 months total. Yeah. So, not quite two years, but getting there. Yeah. Well, good news is we have Tiger King Season 2. Bad news is we won't see another stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might do, like, universal basic income before long, which I, I don't know how I feel about, frankly. I, I don't like it. I don't think it's, like... Whatever you can't just pay people for nothing. You just it, it doesn't work that way, man. Like it's not gonna be good, you know. I say it's better to do nothing, you know. But I am like a weirdo who thinks government is pretty much evil, you know. <laughs> but I don't like taxes and I don't like fucking handouts and I think you know there's no such thing in nature, you know. That's what I think we should basically mimic our systems, uh, you know, after how the forest functions, how ecology functions. And to me, it's a, you know, there's no, there's no handouts. There's no government. It's like the forest just is, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how many people do you think like the U S population, if we had to go and live off the land on a range, where would you put like people would be able to survive? What would your number would be? Like there's some, maybe 5%. I don't know. But you might be surprised. People are smarter than you give them credit for a lot of times. Uh, but I'd say 5% might be generous, too. I don't know. You know? Because I'd like to see, you know. I don't know if I could. It would never happen, you know? obviously. But you like, like to say never say never. But I wouldn't see it happening in my lifetime, us having to go back to the good old days. <laughs> well, it's like everybody likes to think that they could. And some people genuinely have some skills, but like, you know, I've only ever shot a couple squirrels and, you know, I've hit a couple deer with my truck and I know how to process, but I've, <laughs> it's like, I've never actually shot an animal. Uh, well, aside from a couple squirrels, right. But which ain't nothing. It's like, that was something good to prove to yourself. Uh, but a squirrel's one thing, you know, deer's another. Yeah, it's and, a bear uh, bullet. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's a more, um, intelligent animal, more skeptical animal. You know, skittish. So, but no, it's like we all want to think we're that guy that could survive, but you know, who's to say until you actually have to try? But that's why I love camping and I love travel because you are kind of practicing being that mm-hmm. nomad and like having a certain amount of practical, hands on skill. Just you can't put a price on that. No. And a lot of people would be totally helpless, you know, like at the most, maybe 20% could survive like a long term food shortage you know what i mean at most without i don't know somebody rescuing them essentially uh a lot of people maybe be eating a lot of rice and whatever it won't look so good but i don't know dude it's like we probably overanalyze and over you know concern ourselves too much but it's probably no like coincidence that a lot of people are concerned um and that like collapse is a buzzword yeah, <laughs> it's like I, mean, I I almost think it's like people are smart, and um, it's not to say anybody's right or wrong, but like the fact that a lot of people are 
even just fantasizing about like living off the land, it's it's kind of our our brains, our our mega computer of a brain telling us like warning, warning, like this is not sustainable. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like get out there already. I feel like a beached whale here in the city, you know. I need to go back to the ocean, get back into the forest. I it's funny, Doc, you know, I uh went to the liquor store to pick up our beer here and and uh took the dog with me in the truck and I came out of the store, got back in the truck and I kind of looked at Doc and he's just kind of like looking out on the concrete wasteland, just kind of looking a little mopey. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> I'm like, we got to get back to the woods. God damn it. You know? So I'm, I'm really trying to get my camper built. I've got, I, I tore apart an old, um, like truck topper, you know, camper topper or whatever, and kept the glass. So I've got all these windows. So I'm like, to me, that's almost halfway there. Yeah. I just got to buy some plywood and start building, you know, throw something into that F-250 so I can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, the sooner the better, you know. Yeah, take the podcast on the road for a couple months, you know what I mean? There you go, yeah. 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 I've got friends all over, so it'd be fun to go visit people and have have chats, you know. Hell, even if you have, like, even just small seg- segments of yourself just express, um, explaining your day of what you did without, like, other people. I mean, like, yeah, it's great to have other people. Like, sometimes you just, like, just do, like, what Cambo did with his diary, his journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just do, like, yeah. <laughs> diary. And there's nothing wrong with a diary. It's a trail log. Yeah, it's a trail log. Yeah. How long you been doing that? How long have you been like writing about your hikes? Did you start that on the AT? Did it every night. Yeah. I you know I don't have much of a yes I'm on social media you know Facebook, uh, Instagram whatever but I'm not an active uh, poster by any means I just kind of follow along until I hike and mm-hmm. just, I just invite people to follow along. Yeah. No, you, it's which, cool. Which you both have, which is you know goes a long way. Yeah. The support is awesome. Um, yeah. Maybe one day I'll snowball those those into something a manuscript a I don't know about a book but something yeah yeah well I found it entertaining I thought like I said all the stuff about your shits every day you're like this is how my shit was and um <laughs> you're you're a descriptive motherfucker it, it, you know yeah. it's yeah. like to the hiking community like talking about shit and talking about you know just a little detailed nuances like yeah that's normal yeah 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 it helps you keep tabs for yourself and it's the quirks of the day and it's the, the funny little moments. And I was about to ask you earlier, I did, but I don't think we got to it. Would you tell the story of the uh, Jeep lady? Oh, the red Jeep lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want, I'll keep it short. Um, uh, a, a town, a, I'll, I'll call it South Central Indiana. I won't give mm-hmm. the details. I don't think it would, this, this podcast would ever find her ears. Just, no, I doubt it. Just in case, you know, you know, you go to Google and you type in, well, it's not like you know a Washer, name. dryer, repair. Then you end up on Pornhub and someone's stuck in one. You never, you never know where. <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't know. No, I'm not going to lie. I've seen those videos pop up. It's like, what? Stuck in the dryer? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? I'm never going to say never that this could end up in her ears, but whatever. You never know. Yeah. So um, anyways, I was passing through a small town uh, one evening. I had a couple couple miles left. Uh, enter this little, this know-nothing town. And there just happens to be this red jeep, so that's why she's the, the red jeep lady. Mm-hmm. And I, and she's you know the sun's kind of setting, and I and so I can see their silhouetted figures in the jeep just sitting there, and it's her and her dog. Anyways, I walk by, 
uh, and in the span of probably this final 45 minutes of walking this day, passes me probably three times, you know. Kind of going one way, going the other, oh, yeah. just back and forth. And... Um, but I was, it was an uneasy feeling because as a hiker and you're, you know, you're spending all day walking, you, you notice patterns, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, I, I waited to this point where there was no cars coming, and it, which is just habit of mine, out of safety. I found this, this little low-lying bridge over a creek and then waited until nobody was there. This was soon after the red jeep passed, and then I scurried down, camped under this bridge for the night, right? Mm-hmm. Next morning, I get up. I walk into this next town a few miles later. I'm in this little gas station having breakfast, you know, crap food and coffee. This red jeep pulls up. I don't even think about it. You know, I didn't think too much about it. This, this woman sits down actually kind of in this booth next to me talking to a local um, she, I could see her looking at me, but like not in a weird way, just kind of looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be sitting there enjoying my coffee, and I look out the window, and I see a dog sitting, and I'm like, oh shit, this is this woman from last It's time. the same, didn't same get a woman. Weird feeling, yeah. mm-hmm. But I knew she was looking at me, and that she recognized, we recognized each other, but we didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. After that, I left, and I spent the, let's just say, probably the next eight hours of full day hiking, and she passed me. It's in, it's in my, I'm going to butcher the number, it's in my, my log somewhere. It was something like, around 20 times throughout the day you, both, you both kept directions going, yeah. passing me wow. going noticeably slower and it was to the point where at some occasions I would stop to let's just say adjust my shoe or something and I look at a distance in a parking lot and there was a red jeep mm. always faced my direction I never got too too worried about it you know I'm, I'm a small guy I can think for myself maybe she was just curious yeah you know maybe she <clears throat> you know maybe she's female Ted Bundy I don't know wasn't the worst looking lady. Yeah. I was, you know, I think I told you that. I was kind of hoping she would, you know, ask how I was doing. Pull over maybe, and maybe chat you up. Maybe a place to stay for the night. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's stuff. It's rare, but it does happen. But she's clearly scoping you out, and you're just... Oh, it, it was obvious. And yeah. it was just, I mean, from reading your log, it sounds just like the weirdness of the, like, not knowing what she was doing, and but, like, seeing her over and over and over Except and you, over. you notice patterns. When, yeah. when you're walking three miles an hour... Time slows down, and so you notice things that all repeat. And I was saying earlier, it's like for all we know, she was she she might do that every day and just like drive around and really? like you never know. People do funny things. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a Sunday, and maybe she had nothing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty weird though. You you do you you notice things when you when you have the time and you're not really distracted. I imagine you uh, spend plenty of time with headphones in if you're hiking along the highway, uh, but. I, I I remember I remember reading in your log just about how taxing um, the incessant like traffic going whizzing past at eighty miles an hour how that just kind of like drains you because you have to be focused enough and you're on a pretty narrow strip of asphalt right that I mean so what what appeals to you about that over making the drive to get on a on, you know on an, a longer trail in the woods where you're not going to be. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, like I say, it, it's one thing to be on, even on a trail in the woods, every day is taxing in its own way. People think you're just, you're frolicking through the woods. Latida, yeah. Butterflies and all that. It's no. work. It's, it's a 12-hour day. You know, I worked, you know, the, you know, the, both of these two weeks since I took off to, to walk across Indiana, mm-hmm. those days were harder than any day at work mm-hmm. that I have. Um, and maybe it's the, it's, Every day is a struggle in its own way. It's mentally taxing. Like, what am I going to do today? Oh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to fucking walk 10 or 12 hours a day. 
And when you're on a road, like you said, it's taxing. Like you're like, please be looking my direction. And I saw so many people pass by that probably never saw me because mm-hmm. they were looking down at their phones. Mm-hmm. And especially like going over bridge crossings when that, that little shoulder shrinks down to about maybe two feet and these mm-hmm. cars are literally going 60, 70 miles an hour feet away. Yep. And it takes one person not looking. And so that's, that is mentally taxing and draining. So yeah. at the end of each day, you're like, thank God, I can turn that off for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think in the long run, what keeps you going, you don't quite feel it on a day-to-day basis, but in the, over the long run of it, it's the doing, just accomplishing something that's bigger than yourself. Even if it is just walking. Mm. You know, your dream may not be hiking long distances. You know, someone could be, I want to read 100 books this year. Awesome. Go for it. If that, you know, gets you off mentally, go for it. For me, it's walking. Yeah, well, it's. I can connect it with. I had a guest on my last episode who talked about how jigsaw puzzles, if you get to that like 750,000 piece or up, um, how that is like a sheer effort of will, like to get done, you know, because nobody. Uh, Nobody's going to do that unless they really decide to do it. I think hiking is is similar, you know, it's a exercise of accomplishing a goal. And I'm I'm I've always been interested in long distance hiking, but I almost hesitate because I'm not sure if I would actually follow through. You know, some people have that like I'm going to finish this by all means, like I'll be damned before I give up, you know, and I'm, I'm convinced if I said I'm going to hike the AT, I might hike for a week, two weeks and be like, you know what? That's enough. You know, cause that's kind of more my style. Just like I, and it, it happens all the time. I'm sure it does. You know? If, yeah. If, if, if that person, that hiker dropped out after two or three weeks, all the other hikers, we just kind of wish, well, as long as they found what they were looking for, sure, they're not going to, you know, no one gives them the plaque. Yeah. Um, it's a, but if your goal is to actually finish something like that, be it the AT, be it whatever, a week-long hike, um, you got to be okay between, you know, I'm, I'm pointing right now for your listeners, I'm pointing between my ears. Mm-hmm. got to be okay right here. Yeah. Um, yeah, the physical side, man, I've seen, through my through hikes, I've seen people that start off at, you know, 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. They make it. I've seen... I knew a woman from Germany. Her name was the Bionic Woman because she had one leg, mm-hmm. I mean, a prosthetic. Mm-hmm. She made it. Like, you know, you, you you look up stories. Blind people climb Everest. Mm-hmm. I know it's of a thing. I know of a one-legged person that pedaled a bicycle coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. it's a matter of uh, of willpower. It is. It has uh, to be your singular focus. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I told myself, you know, barring injury. Yeah, I'll see you in five or six months. That's what I told my family. Mm-hmm. It has to be your focus. This is going to be the hardest, most rewarding thing you've ever done in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can find it any which way. You know, doesn't have to be hiking, like you no, said. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some people they just want to they want to run marathons. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, me run, too, run man. I don't like running. I'd rather hike all day. I'll take all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trail runners, it was like I did a pretty intense hike around the Maroon Bells. It's called the Four Passes Loop, uh, or Four Pass Loop. And uh, some people run it in a day. We took, you know, three nights, four days to finish it. 
and they were brutal hiking days, like 12 miles or something, uh, up, down, you know, it was like, they call it four passes because you got four passes above 12.5, 12,500 feet. And so you'd be going uphill all morning, downhill all afternoon, and then you'd set camp. And that's a brutal way to hike because you're putting all your pressure on the back of your heel and then on the front of your toe and your knees are just getting strained in opposite ways for long periods of time. You know, you're going up and down switchbacks, but even still it's like, it's pretty brutal, man. Yeah. All those puts, P-U-D, pointless Mm. ups and downs. Yeah. It's like, why go up and down every one of these fucking mountains when we could just go around them? Go around. Yeah. That's what those are. Yeah. 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 It was a cool, cool hike though, to see these peaks from all angles. Right. Uh, outside of Aspen, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, you know, I like, I think too many people just feel like kind of trapped in their daily existence and having means of escape, you know, like that's what we're talking about. I think having a, an escape plan an escape pod, a, a, a pack, you know, people talk about bug out packs. It's like, not nah, you just, I mean, it's not the right way to think of it. You got to have just like your go bag. You know, in case the mood strikes or the need strikes, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, you know, you can see, I basically, all I got to do is take that whole shelf, throw it in the bed of the truck, and I'm ready to rock. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a good feeling. It gives you a sense of actually, like, security by means of of not having to be tied in one place. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't really have any other thoughts, you know. It's like, I know we've been going for a while. We've each had a couple of beers. Like, maybe it's a good place to wrap her up. But it was good having you guys, man. Like, appreciate it. You know, I've been getting to know you a little bit over the you know, last couple of months. And I've been wanting to get some, some hiking info out of Cambo for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I'd be curious the next time you have a hike planned, we should maybe, like, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like I to know do you that. Try. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, getting the microphone in front of people sometimes isn't easy, but I, I think once they get here, they usually have a good time with it's it. Pretty... So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is actually my first, my first, podcast. first podcast. My first podcast. There you well, go. I listen to you from the start, mm-hmm. and I hope your your um, your listeners have been like finding value in it, mm-hmm. even if they don't. And you, you, you make this clear from day one. Even if they don't agree with everything you mm-hmm. or, or your, your you know that your your guess, and I don't, not everything, all mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter. That's what the, the, you know. The, this is for. Yeah, man. And I've I've gained an appreciation for you. You know, it's like I know you more than what we actually know each other mm. in person, in a way. I could okay, yeah, sure. I respect the shit out of you. Well, I appreciate that, man. Because yeah. uh, yeah, I don't want to like claim to have it all, all figured out by no, by no means do I, but I always come back to the, you know, like, I, I don't know what the future is going to look like. Could be great. Could be not so great, but we should probably like take, take shit seriously, you know, and like talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't like how people kind of shut each other down just because they disagree on one little thing. You know, it's like, it's not that hard to talk about shit, <laughs> you know, Fuck yeah. And talk about it. Yeah, that's what I'm all about, man. No doubt. No doubt. 
All right, boys. Well, uh, maybe we'll do this again before too long, all right? Yes, I appreciate you popping my podcast cherry. Fuck yeah. Hey, it's my pleasure, man. Hey, next time it won't hurt so much. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out, boys. This has been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again.